I don't know any man that can refuse this. Pussy. Stop throwing pussy. People are eating you. Pussy. 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 Hello, hi, and welcome to episode nine of the Fix Your Sex podcast, where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I am a sacred sex coach, tantric body worker, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I'm here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are still having bad sex in the 21st century, and hopefully to provide you with some solutions on how to have great sex for the rest of your lives. Disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups, and there are sensitive topics being discussed. So if you are under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, now is your time to make your exit. Um, you've been warned. Okay, so today's show, I'm going to talk, obviously, about pussy. That's right. This show is all about the vulva, the yoni, the sacred temple, the love below, whatever you call it. As usual, if I don't run too long, I will um, answer a couple questions from the interweb, interwebs, internets, um, and... Yeah, but first let's start with our Proho tip. Today's Proho tip is brought to you by the Atlanta Tantra Fest, which is coming up October 20th through the 22nd in Buckhead here in Atlanta. Um, for tickets, sponsorship opportunities, and more, go to www.atltantrafest.com. Today's Proho tip is simple. Vulvas love your lube. So... Um, whatever you're doing in your sex life currently, if you are enjoying a pussy, if you have a pussy, um, if you like to or want to approach a pussy, invest in lube. Lubricant is our friend. Even for those of us who, as Rihanna said, never have to use lip gloss on it, we still, it feels better. The wetter it is, the better it feels, especially when it comes to clitoral stimulation and playing with the labia, the outer labia, which are areas that don't produce their own lubricant, but still want to be stroked and loved. So yes, um, spit is not a good lubricant. Also, if you're using safe sex or if you're practicing safe sex, um, oil-based lubes are not really good for prophylaxis or they're terrible for prophylaxis. So please be mindful of that and invest in silicone-based or water-based lubes. I prefer silicone-based. Um, there are some lubes out there that are natural, find some, play around with some and love on pussy with some. Okay. Again, that was your pro ho tip brought to you by the Atlanta Tantra Festival, October 20th through the 22nd. Visit www.atltantrafest.com for more info. And now on to the meat of things. Well, actually... Before I skip to that part, let me just tell you, first of all, I'm still super reeling and excited and buzzing from all of the amazing sexiness that was the Sex Down South conference. Um, For those of you that don't know, Sex Down South is an inclusive sex and sexuality conference that's held here in Atlanta. And um, let's see from their website that they, they aim to foster learning, inspiration and wonder and provoke conversations. This festival or this conference is amazing. It was put on by Marla Renee Stewart and Tia Marie Mosley. Um, they are the co-founders and they do an amazing job. Marla got engaged at the fest or at the conference. It's such a beautiful proposal. 
it was amazing. I got to meet my favorite porn stars um, um, and see, learn, listen, vibe, connect with all of these amazing, beautiful souls. It's one of the most inclusive conferences I've ever gone to around sex and sexuality. Um, it's a very brown friendly space, right? We don't see a lot of that in um, in the sexual sphere and in, in sex work conferences. A lot of the spaces where even though um, sex workers are, are a diverse bunch and sex educators are a diverse bunch, a lot of the spaces that are available for conferencing and networking tend to be um, pretty whitewashed. They don't tend to have a lot of diversity. And there's a, quite a few things that go into that, uh, the reasoning. Um, but Tia and Marla have done an amazing job making sure that this conference is inclusive, not just of racially, but also gender representations, um, sexual identities, uh, kinks along the kink sphere, along love types, um, poly and monogamous couples and all kind of folks. And so it was just amazing. I was able to teach two lectures. Um, I taught advertising sex and of course, pussy worship. And it was just an amazing experience. If you haven't gone, please sign up on their mailing list so that I can see you there next week. I hope to be a part of that conference every um, chance I get from here on out. So, and yeah, for those of you that I did meet that are listening, hey, it was amazing meeting you and I hope to see you again at, 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 at that conference or elsewhere. I also want to thank all of you who have come out to my Tantric Tuesday workshops here in, in Atlanta. Um, we just, next week will be our fourth Tantric Tuesday workshop and I'm and I'm wrapping up September and we're moving into October. We have four more planned for October. Um, next week is on um, sex magic and tantric alchemy. And then in October, we have a pussy worship um, because that's just always so popular. So we're going to go back to that. I just want to thank everybody for coming out. If you want to attend one of my workshops or one of my events, you should join my mailing list. Or and or follow me on Instagram. I am at Atlanta Tantra on Instagram. And you can also find my mailing list sign up there in my link. Or you can go directly to my website and sign up on my mailing list there. Um, the workshops are held at the Midtown Collective, which is this dope space right off of Howell Mill Road here in Atlanta. So you should come through for that if you can. Okay. Now we can get onto the meaty parts. Let's talk about pussy. There seems to be, first of all, a lot of confusing and misleading information about pussy going around in the internet, in conversations. And I'm starting to realize this is like probably a big part of the problem, especially for those of us who have a pussy, but also for those of you that enjoy pussy, that enjoy sex with pussy possessors. Um, at my pussy worship class, I did a poll where I asked, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable are you or how familiar are you with pussy? And I got a lot of varying responses at the conference in person. Not that many tens. Um, I did do a, the same poll again on social media and I got a, a few more tens, a couple folks that were like two hundreds. Um, but I also got some twos and some threes and some fours. And I think that we really need to become more intimately aware of pussy. And I don't just mean like, I know what it feels like. And I have a feeling that 
for many of the folks that answered above 10 because they weren't able to follow directions one through 10. If you say 15, I'm already assuming that you're not really great because you can't even follow the basic directions of one through 10. You've already broken the rules, um, which means listening is a problem and you have to listen to pussy. So I digress. My point is I wanted to, I want to start by focusing on pussy, right? Let's talk about it. Let's understand what pussy is. What is a pussy? First of all, a pussy is more of an area than a thing, right? It's part of the body, but it's made up of all these other parts, these pleasure parts, these reproductive parts, even cleansing parts. Um, it expands from the fupa, which is the fatty upper pussy area, to the taint, um, which is the perineum. The pussy, the parts all have names. There's functions for every part of the pussy. So it's really important to get to know you know, get to know the names. You know what your toes look like. You know what your fingers look like. Let's talk about what the pussy looks like. So pussy, first of all, is just slang for vulva. The vulva is not the vagina, okay? The vulva is, um, the vagina is a part of the vulva, but the vulva is made up of the labia, the clitoris, the mons pubis, the perineum, and the vagina, the vaginal opening. Um, and according to Western science, the anus is actually included in I say that because in Tantra, the yoni, which is another word often used for vulva, um, is not, it doesn't include the anus. It includes your, um, it includes your internal parts instead. So just, just some clarity there. Um, let's see, the mons pubis is the fupa. The fupa is slang for that. There's, that's the fleshy mound above your vulva or above, you know, where the, where the lips start. Um, and it's fatty for a reason. So people don't get offended when someone says fupa because it, you need a little bit of cushion there, right? It's designed to cushion your pubic bone. Um, any woman, well, most women that have given birth can attest to the fact that the pubic bone, pubic bone pain is intense. It's, you know, if you've ridden a boy's bike back in the day and landed on that pubic bone, you know, that part hurts. You want fat there to protect it. It's important. Labia, um, labia is Latin for lips. Uh, these the fleshy bits, the fleshy parts of the lips that are around your vagina, your vaginal opening are your labia. You have two sets of lips. Um, when left eye said, I like it when you kiss both sets of lips. In my heart, she was talking about the labia minora and the labia majora. So the labia majora are the outer lips. They kind of go from the seam of your leg inside um and then you have your that's the part that's hairy if you still have hair or the parts you get waxed if you don't um then you have the labia minora which are the inner lips and these are um you know you kind of have to peel it open to see those for the most part some people have a larger labia minora and it might stick out a little bit you can um pull it out usually one is larger than the other which is fine they can be wrinkled, they can be long, they can be smooth, they can be short, they can be um, fatter. It just depends on on you, on your genetics, right? Your I have full lips up top, I got full lips down below. It's in my genetics. Um, the colors are different. They can be dark chocolate, they can be bright pink, they can be varying shades of both. They can have an ombre where they go from one to the other. All of this is normal. They, um, the, 
They are all though a part of the pussy, which means that when you're having sex, they are a part of the sex organ. They are part of that pleasure center. So they need some love and attention also. The clitoris is um, at the top, right? So it's below the mons pubis. It's inside of the lips. Um, once you open that area up, the labia minora stem from that area where the clitor well the clitoral tip is. But keep in mind, you are only seeing the tip of the clitoris. It's kind of like the iceberg. It's much larger below. So it's important to know that um, you have this part that is exposed and it's usually covered by the clitoral hood um, until it's aroused. But behind that, it extends inside of your body, um, back and down like the sides of the labia, but deep to that. And you have about five inches of clit that's still there that you don't get to see. Um, and it's, it's all, this is all erectile tissue, right? It all becomes engorged and swollen when you are aroused. So the amazing thing about the clit, why everybody needs to know and pay attention to the clit is that it only has one purpose and that's to make you feel good. A lot of people are turned on by having it played with. Um, for some people it can be super sensitive. For some people it can be not enjoyable at all, depending on the body and the person and the history of that person. So it's just good to know that, that, that that's there, okay? And that the only purpose of the clit, again, is for pleasure. That's what it's designed for. So that's why pussies are so amazing. The vagina, you um, have a vaginal opening, right? Then you, the opening goes into the vagina. And the vagina is a tube, basically. You know, it's like you look at the fleshlight and you're like, why? But that's it. The vagina is a tube. And inside that tube is your G-spot, your cervix. If you go deeper, um, the cervix, behind the cervix is the uterus. Um, but we have, you know, the, the vagina can stretch wide enough to pass a baby out. It also stretches and expands when you're turned on, which is why the myth of a tight pussy we're going to beat up today. Um, it's where menstrual blood, you know, passes through when you're on your menses. The, 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 um, the vaginal tube, the vagina is an amazing structure in and of itself. The tissue on the inside is soft and spongy like the tissue on the inside of your mouth. Um, and it's self-lubricating and self-cleaning. Yes, I love my pussy. I love the power that it has. Um, and we'll talk more about some of that power in a bit. Uh, the cervix is inside of there. It is. It opens up a little bit um, when you have a baby. It also is what how semen, you know, it's the little pathway for semen to get in if you're going to have a baby and for blood to get out when you're menstruating. Um, you can feel it. You can palpate your cervix it's what the doctors are looking at when you go get your pap smear to check for um to check for cervical cancer right it's a leading cause um one of the leading causes of cancer for women so it's important to to check that out inside there also i mentioned the g-spot which is um you know another pleasure spot the g-spot also like the pussy is an area it's, an, it's not necessarily a spot, but that area gets stimulated. It gets 
engorged um, when you're turned on. So it's important to find it. Um, it's not that hard. It's just a couple inches inside. A lot of people think that they're really doing something to the G-spot when they're hitting the cervix. The G-spot and the cervix are not the same. And I really think that this is a common misconception that some people um, are believing that they're hitting the G-spot when they're actually encountering the end of the vaginal canal. They're tapping on the cervix. So I just want people to be clear and understand that the G-spot is only a couple inches in. So you're more likely to access that by using your finger. And for most people that enjoy G-spot stimulation, it's going to feel better with you using your finger or unless you're just going like just the tip, like for real, just the tip. Um, because it's, it's not that deep inside. It's just a few inches inside the vagina. We also have glands that unfortunately have been named after men, but you have glands that are near your uh, vaginal opening that are called the Bartholin's glands. And these are what initially lubricates your pussy. Um, and then you have Skeen's glands that are up by the urethra. And those are what um, release female ejaculation. This is why people think it's pee. It's not. We'll talk about that later. But you actually have specific glands that ejaculate, um, that ejaculate um, vaginal fluid and that's what squirting is. It's not urine. Just want to be clear. Okay. So I want to talk briefly about some misconceptions that we have about pussy. First and foremost, um, the myth of tight pussies versus loose pussies. I, I find this to be amazing and hilarious um, that this myth has even been propagated. So the pussy is... Um, or the vagina, which is what most people are talking about. When they say a tight pussy, we're talking about vaginas. And the vaginal canal is a muscle. You can clench it, you can release it. What happens though, when a pussy is aroused, it loosens and opens up so that the penis can enter without hurting the woman. An aroused pussy is an open one. It's ready. Um, as sex uh, continues, especially as when penis and vagina sex is happening, that you can feel differences and things that might make you think that the pussy is tightening. And what that is, is engorgement, right? The pussy is starting to fill up. Um, the arousal will send blood to the area and filling it up. And so you'll have pressure that may feel like it's tightening. Um, the woman can be clenching in her sex or also be pushing, bearing down. And that will also feel, make you feel like it's tightening. But a tight pussy versus a loose pussy is just a myth. A pussy can stretch out and expand and push an entire baby back, I mean, baby out and then go back to a normal size. Um, it's not the pussy, it's you. So if you're not turning on the pussy, it's not fully aroused, or if it's fully aroused, it's not a time to think, oh, this is this is not the kind of pussy I want. Unfortunately, we have to relearn what sex is supposed to be like because for so long it was supposed to be uncomfortable for the woman and comfortable for the man. Um, when, Of course, I'm speaking very heteronormatively right now because the idea of tight pussy and loose pussy is a heteronormative one. It is not one that is um, 
talked about in the queer community at all. It's not relevant. Um, it's really not relevant at all anyway. But since we know that this um, this social issue is out there, I thought I would talk about it. If you want a tight pussy, you have to rethink why you want a tight pussy. What has been what has been taught to you about that unaroused pussy, about that young pussy, um, that that makes you that makes that what you want. Also, you have to think about why you think that someone's pussy can be loose, right? I hear stories and jokes and memes about someone who has slept with all these people, a high body count, and now their pussy's loose. And I saw one that was really funny. Like, why do you think that having sex with 30 different people makes a pussy loose, but having sex with you 30 different times doesn't? It's just not reality. Pussies don't get loose. They can become weak from not exercising them. So you might be more likely to find a loose pussy um, on someone who has stopped having sex. Um, that it, it's not and, and doesn't do Kegels. You can do exercises that will strengthen both your vaginal walls and your pelvic floor. These exercises are called Kegels or PC muscle flexion. And men, you can do them too to prevent your premature ejaculation. But we're not going to talk about dicks on this show. This is about pussy. Um, I also want to talk about pussy smells because that's another thing that um, I'm always amazed about. Pussy is supposed to have a smell, an aroma, if you will. If a pussy smells bad to you, first decide what bad is. We know as humans what, you know, an infection or something that's not good for us. We we open up the milk jug and we do the sniff test even if it's close to the date, right? We know what something that's not good for us is supposed to smell like. Pussy has a scent and the scent is um, is informative. My scent varies. My scent is different when it's turned on. Yours is too. Uh, An aroused pussy smells differently than an unaroused pussy. There are more pheromones present. Um, A pussy that is stressed out will smell different than a pussy that's not. A pussy whose pH balance has been upset by, um, by other items being inside of it will smell different. A pH balanced pussy, though, smells divine. It has an aroma, but it is a lovely aroma. And that's something to be conscious of. If you are dealing with um, your own pussy and you're not comfortable with the smell of it, I encourage you to smell it regularly. I encourage folks to taste their pussies regularly so that you can know what it tastes like. You can see when, when the taste is changing. The taste will change when you're closer to ovulation, as will the smell. Um... The taste will change when you're closer to your cycle, as will the smell. If there, you know, if you're having sex and you have irritation from the lubricant or the condoms that you're using, um, and it's throwing off your pH balance, it will change the smell. So sometimes it will smell poorly after that. Um, if you're having sex with someone who has a piss poor diet and you're letting them ejaculate inside of you, that will change the smell. You are now taking in their waste um, and it can change quite a bit of how how you smell. Um, also, semen is recognized as a foreign object. So our pussies attack it. That's what happens. And if you, um, you know, that's something to be conscious of because your pussy needs time to clear that out. So 
be mindful and listen to pussy. If something's wrong with it, it will warn you with the fragrance. So take that and be, be, take that under advisement, right? Listen to it, smell it, taste it. When there are changes, be conscious of it because a yeast infection will smell differently as will bacterial vaginosis, um, as will most STDs and STIs. So be conscious and pay attention. The pussy is trying to tell you something when it smells. Um, and it could be a good smell or a foul smell, but there's always a message in that scent. So pay attention. I want to talk about um, my third and last pussy misconception for this podcast is, is she peeing on me? Now, um, ejaculate versus pee is always a funny conversation for me. For one, I men are always so eager to involve their opinions on it. Their non-medical, non-scientific opinions on it. And I just want to say, like, if you're around somebody who's offering their opinion on female ejaculation and they don't actually own a pussy themselves, just walk away. Um, they don't deserve your presence, really, and they definitely don't deserve to see your pussy. The reality is we have two glands that sit outside of the urethral opening, and they release fluid during female ejaculation. Scientifically, they're called the paraurethral glands. Paraurethral, um, they're also known as the female prostate glands. They're... Um, the Skeen's glands, named after the doctor that discovered them. And so you do have them. All women have them. All women have the capacity to ejaculate. This doesn't mean that all women will ejaculate. It just means that we all can. If you would like to ejaculate and you're having a hard time or you would like to learn how to make a woman ejaculate, then let me know. Let's book a session. But don't go out miscommunicating, inf- miscommunicating information to the masses about whether or not we are able to ejaculate because every woman is. Okay? Just want to make sure that we're clear. Every woman can ejaculate. All right, let's talk about Brazilians versus bush. Let's talk about the way pussies look. And let's start with hair and no hair. Because there's so many Brazilian wax places everywhere right now, which is great. Um, Whatever works for you works for you. The best thing a partner can tell you about the way your pussy looks is just giving you freedom to do what feels good and works for you. If you like it waxed, then they like it waxed. If you want to grow some hair tomorrow, then they like that you grew some hair tomorrow. That's really the only way. Um, Anything else is some garbage and needs to be addressed. Um, Brazilians are fine. I've had countless Brazilians. I lived in the islands and wore a bikini almost every day. So yeah, I understand um, it's also easier. It's way easier on the go to wipe away urine off of your lips when there's no hair there. It doesn't mean that you can't do it when there's hair there. You can wipe away urine. You can use a wet nap. Um, Muslim women often carry bottles of water to the bathroom with them to cleanse their, their vaginal openings. Because really when you wipe it up, you're just wiping it into it anyway. You're not actually removing it. All. There's some that's still going to be left whether you have hair or not. So the only real way to get it off is with water, right? Wet naps, um, pussy wipes, there's some great brands out there. Honey Pot um, makes an amazing pussy wipe. So if you're not familiar, go Google them. I met her at Afropunk this year and it's just a great brand. 
Um, I may see if I can put her link in the podcast notes. So check there. But um, it doesn't. That's the only thing. It's it's really about your preference. I like my pussy lips to not have hair on them because the hair does act as a barrier between the mouth and the actual skin. So I enjoy the way that it feels when a warm mouth is on my pussy lips. Some people, that's not their thing. I know many women who don't even enjoy oral sex. So it's up to you to decide what feels good for you. And you know what? That can change. My pussy doesn't look the same as it did back in um, the, you know, the 90s or the 2000s. I've had landing strips. I've had a super clean everything going. I've had a bush. It just is really what you desire. And you have the right to change your mind on that. Um, again, you know, the, we talked, I talked a little bit about the tight pussies versus loose pussies. And really, like I said, that's about the aroused pussy, but an aroused pussy looks differently than an unaroused pussy. It takes an average of 10 minutes for a woman to reach arousal. But for many women, it can take up to 20. Um, when you're looking at a pussy, it's going to look different. I did my pussy, um, photo exhibit. And the pussies look different. Some of the same pussies are varied based on whether they were turned on or not. Um, Pussies look different when they're on their menses versus when they're not. Pussy appearance changes. Yes, sometimes there's, you know, it may look like meat curtains, quote unquote, where one is, you know, not as full as the other. When they're engorged with blood, though, they expand and that kind of quote-unquote meat curtain appearance disappears, right? Because now it's actually engorged and full. So so be aware of that. There's um, Pussies have stages of arousal. Um, there's been four stages of arousal that were, um, if you ever saw the Masters TV show, I think it's on Showtime or something like that, um, with Dr. Masters. They identified four stages of arousal for the woman, which is excitement, the plateau, the orgasm, and then the resolution. And in throughout these stages, the pussy is going to change its appearance. Blood is going to be, you know, engorge the, the clitoris and the labia, even the nipples. Um, the Once you get to a certain point, it, you know, where you get to the plateau, and you have all this sexual tension build up. The musk, uh, the muscles inside the vagina will feel different. It's all very different, right? It's important to understand not just what the pussy looks like, but what it's doing, what's happening in the different phases of um, of of arousal, what's happening in the different phases of the moon. Phases of the moon. There's so much to learn about pussy and to recognize about pussy. Which is why Pussy Worship is a class that I teach so often and so regularly. And I'm such a big fan of coaching men on how to worship pussy. Um, I remember when I joined FetLife a few years ago. And I found um, all these people that said Pussy Worship and Ass Worship, was their, that was their jam. And it looked different, right? It was very... By pussy worship, what they meant was they want to eat pussy. Cunnilingus is their jam. Um, Pussy worship is something so much bigger, right? Pussy worship is about honoring pussy. It's about being present for pussy, 
It's about um, giving tributes to the pussy, making art for the pussy, you know, taking it all in, being fully aware and conscious and reverence um, to the pussies. That's that's what pussy worship is about. It's not about, you know, come sit on my face while you smother me with your pussy. I think that gives a bad name to pussy worship. That's a great thing. It's face sitting. Um, you know, eating my pussy is a great thing. It's pussy eating, but it's not pussy worship. While you may be allowed to eat pussy during pussy worship, pussy worship is not just eating pussy. Pussy is sacred. And when you're going into pussy worship, you're viewing it as a sacred temple, as the yoni. Um, and then there's a sacred exchange that takes place, right? Your breath your recognition, you're looking at it, you're making eye contact, you're smelling it, you're using all of your senses to take in the pussy. That's important. And it's important because it allows the woman, it allows the person that has the pussy to connect with it, right? Our pussies are our oracles. Our pussies are our our North Star. They're our crystal ball. Um, Our pussies can see the future. They are trying to tell you things. They, you know, the the primal behaviors that our bodies um, exhibit also happen in the pussy. The goosebumps or the hair standing up on edge. Our pussies drying up or producing lube in situations that don't seem like you're aroused. A wet pussy is a sign of arousal, but it's not, a wet pussy is not just a sign of arousal. It can be a sign of danger or pleasure outside of a sexual space. It can um, be a sign that, you know, it's an energetic sign that the person that you're engaging with is trustworthy, worthy of love and, and, and appreciation. It's your pussy is trying to tell you things. Listen to it. If I figure out what your pussy is trying to tell you. Um, Parrish Blair of Sisters of Sexuality. She's on my podcast a few podcasts ago and she did at um, sex down south her thing was look at what my pussy can do and I think it's important for you to figure out what it is that your pussy can do um, it can orgasm that's huge your pussy can bring you pleasure and release chemicals and hormones that your body needs that's a big deal right some of these hormones are only released in in other extreme cases but orgasm is not that extreme. You can do that on your own. Um, your pussy can provide you with clarity and decision making. Does it feel right to you? Is something that we always ask. But where does it feel right to you at? Does it feel right to you in your belly? Does it feel right to you in your pussy? That gut feeling is not just in your stomach, but it's also in your pleasure center, in your sacral chakra. Um, pussies can also help you manifest what you need, right? Your sex power is your most creative force in you and being able to use that sexual power while it is also used for reproduction. Um, it can be used for production. What is it that you need and desire in this life? And how can you bring that forward with the power of your pussy by doing meditational masturbation and understanding what your body, what you need in your life, giving yourself a moment of clarity so that you could find out things that, you know, so you can see things better. I, it's not, you know, it's not this 
oogly boogly magic stick trick that we do when we do manifesting with our pussy power. But what it is is that it allows us to see things that we might normally just pass by. But now we've visualized and we've manifested these things to, a, to, to come to us. They are all, things that we want, things that we know are ours. And now we see them. It provides you with clarity. Um, and it also gives you that big clit energy. That big clit energy, which is just the energy of arousal. It's the energy that lets you go forward and get things that you want. My best friend, um, well, one of my closest friends, Giselle, I always, she is the epitome of big clit energy. She is a sweetheart, darling, beautiful woman. Um, she knows that she's beautiful. She carries herself. She knows that she's orgasmic. She knows that her pussy provides her with pleasure. And she knows that her pussy provides others with pleasure. Her man knows that too. But what that means when she goes out into the world is that the things that she wants show up for her. They show up. They're they're available to her. She's able to go out. And while she works incredibly hard to provide her own self with things, there are many things that just show up for her as well. People want her company. They want her around. When someone wants you around, they'll do things to keep you around. Sometimes that's providing you with things that you need. It's getting to know you more so that they can provide you with things that make you feel good. Um, that's what big clit energy does. So it's different than big dick energy, right? But big clit is an aroused clit. It's a functioning clit. It is a therapeutic clit. It's giving you energy that is about arousal and the, and you move through life with that. So that is something that your pussy can do. I would love to hear from all of you that are listening about what your pussies can do. Um, you tag Parrish Blair um, in the post if you want. Tag me, but share what your pussy can do. Please tag uh, Sisters of Sexuality and Paris Blair and me if you do share it on social media so I can see. But I would love to hear your story about your pussy and where you're at with understanding it. And I hope that if you started this podcast today at a two or three, that maybe now you're a little higher up on that scale. If you're not, come to one of my classes because we focus on learning our bodies, not just pussies, but also deep um, for penises too. If you have a penis, but you love pussy, or even if you don't, you just want to know, it's important information. You have sisters, you have cousins, you have you may have a daughter one day, or you may already have a daughter. It's good to be aware of human body. We know more about things that we have no business knowing about. So it's perfectly fine to be well-versed on all aspects of humanity. Um, so yeah, that's what I got today. I have my Big Clit Energy book launch is on the 28th of this month, September. So if you're in Atlanta and you are um, a, a woman, you identify as woman, this event is closed just for women, my first event then you want to come to this dinner party. It's also going to be what I call a live sex show, although it's going to, it's just going to be sexy. So you should come. If you haven't already made arrangements, hit me up and let me know. I think I still have four seats left. Otherwise, um, I hope that I get to see you at one of my events. In the words of, who is it? Elmer Foote. That's all folks. Or maybe it was the rabbit dude. Anyway, thank you for tuning in and for being a part of this journey. 
I look forward to having you around for the next one. Until then, I hope to meet you at a Tantric Tuesday or at the Tantra Fest. Um, if not, we'll catch up soon enough and just go and have some great sex. As they say in Hawaii, aloha and ahui ho. And here in Atlanta, I'll see y'all next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.